Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the blade to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. So grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. So grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If you pay any attention at all to the worlds of technology and intellectual property, uh, you know about the long and ongoing fight between Oracle and Google. And uh, just as a, a quick as possible recap, um, Oracle uh, moved to acquire Sun in 2009, a deal that was completed in early 2010. And that included ownership of the programming language Java, which Sun had created many years earlier. Uh, just a few months after the acquisition closed, Oracle sued Google for patent and copyright infringement over Google's Android mobile operating system. Originally, this was actually seen as mainly a patent fight, um, with the copyright issues being seen as kind of a sideshow. But the patent claims were pretty quickly shown to be ridiculous and disappeared from the case, leaving just the copyright issues. Um, the specific copyright issue concerned Java's APIs, or application programming interfaces, which uh, are basically an instruction manual for how to interact with the software, though the definition of what exactly an API is was part of the, um, well, frustration with the case. Um, everyone agrees that Google copied certain aspects of Java's APIs into Android. The big question was whether or not that was infringement. A trial that was held in 2012 had a jury that found in favor of Oracle, but failed to reach a verdict on whether or not Google's use was covered by fair use. Um, after that verdict, the judge, William uh, Alsup, uh, responded to Google's motion for a judgment on a matter of law, saying that APIs were not covered by copyright because under Section 102B of the Copyright Act, it says that systems or methods of operation are not copyright eligible material. Uh, Alsup, who claimed to have learned how to program in Java to better understand the issues in the case, wrote a very, very long and detailed explanation for why he ruled the way he did. And it was pretty clear that the target audience of that uh, uh, of that order um, or of that opinion um, was the appeals court judges who would be reviewing the case. Uh, unfortunately, that long and detailed analysis did not work. Um, through sort of a bizarre quirk in our judicial system, the appeal went to the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals rather than the Ninth Circuit, uh, where it probably belonged. Um, without going into too much of a tangent on details of why the Federal Circuit even exists, uh, it's the appeals court that handles all appeals on patent cases rather than the way most appeals work, where they go up through the sort of regional uh, circuit courts. Um, because And because this case uh, began with some patent claims, the Federal Circuit had jurisdiction over it. And as we've detailed over and over and over and over and over again on Tector, the Federal Circuit is somewhat infamous for buying into the more intellectual property is better view of the world uh, when it comes to patents, and they apparently did the same with copyrights. They uh, rejected the ruling on fair use and said, uh, not on fair use, sorry, they rejected the ruling on whether or not APIs were copyrightable, and they said that, of course, they were subject to copyright, uh, and their whole ruling was kind of just a 
big mess of confusion about copyright law and software. Um, unfortunately, uh, with an assist from the White House Solicitor General, the Supreme Court refused to review, uh, to review that decision and the case shifted back down to the district court for a brand new trial uh, that was focused just on the fair use but now with it being a sort of unfortunate given that APR, APIs are indeed covered by copyright. So that very long, short recap <laughs> takes us up to a few weeks ago when the new trial began. And spoiler alert, you've probably heard by now that the jury sided with Google uh, and said that Google's use of the Java APIs was fair use. Now that came after a very, very odd trial, uh, in part because of the ridiculousness of the Federal Circuit's earlier uh, ruling. Uh, reporter Sarah Zhang covered the entire trial from the courtroom where she live tweeted the proceedings in a very entertaining way. And luckily for us, she has agreed to come on the TechDirt podcast to discuss the trial and the verdict. So welcome, Sarah. Hey, Mike. Hey, and sorry for making you sit through that very <laughs> long recap, um, <laughs> which even, you know, uh, went went past some of the details um, but it's a good uh, one. It's good. all right <laughs> let, let, let's start by just talking about kind of what were the basic arguments that that both sides made in the in the uh, in the, the second trial well it's a little strange right so there's only one issue in this trial it's fair use mm -hmm. um, there's four factors right that you're supposed to look at for fair right. use and um, Beyond that, there's like, you know, you're supposed to also look at, like, you can also look at some other considerations. Um, and and that, that's actually yeah. that's actually important, right? Because I, I think a lot of people think fair use is just those four factors. Yeah. And and the 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 law is that you have to consider those four factors, but you can also consider basically anything else in in terms of making that decision. And and in fact, in this case, they did sort of rely on that point and raised it, I believe. Uh, right. And and one of the sort of things that Google pointed out was, oh, the Java programming language is free and open to use, um, and and it's very common, which is you know not well not really part of the four factors necessarily because right. what's at issue isn't the java programming language it's the it's the structure what's well, the declaring code and the structure sequence and organization of the java apis um right. but it's and, and yeah sorry i don't mean to to cut you off but yeah so I, I, but i i but i i, I did want to that's one of the things that I think has been most confusing for a lot of people who aren't like software programmers, like the difference between like code and implementation and an API. Yeah, but also like st structure, sequence and organization. That's sure. not a technical term. That's a copyright right. term. And I, and I think that that's really confusing both to lawyers and technical experts. <laughs> like the whole thing's a mess. Like it's, yes. it's very, very messy. Like in throughout this trial, they referred to structure, sequence, and organization as SSO, like the shorthand, as though like everyone should know what it is. And it's like, <laughs> no, actually, no one knows what it is. Like it's like I don't think that like even people who've looked at these API packages can say what the structure, sequence, and organization is, right? Like it's right. sort of they're just saying that the API implementations are kind of similar to the other API implementations. But how much of that is like like sure, it's like it could have been written differently, but it's like organized in a way that's probably just logical, right? <laughs> like it's right. not, yeah, it's it's just strange. Um, but you, do you want me to go through the difference between yeah. an implementation? Um, uh, just, I mean, quickly, just so people get a sense, I think. 
Yeah, so so what's at issue is um, like Google did copy some code, but it's right. declaring code. It's not like it's not which Larry Page said he doesn't consider source code, um, and it's it, it's just supposed to show and call the the API packages, I believe. Right. Me it, it's it's basically want. right. It's basically just sort of like you know calling out what what other tools you'll be using. I mean, this is, you know, part of the problem was like the analogies to, to outside of the code space don't fit right. that well. And so and everyone sort of comes up with their own way of describing it. But but the important part, I think, is that it's not, it's not the part of the code that's actually doing anything. It's yeah. just sort of connecting to something else. Yeah, and they used, you know, the same labels, like dot math, right. but it's like, oh, why would you call the math library anything other than math, right? right? So it, it's it's all stuff like that, and um, and when you the thing that you're actually calling the implementation, uh, Google didn't didn't copy that. They right. wrote their own implementation, and it took them a really long time, and it was really hard. Um, and that implementation does bear some similarities to the Java proprietary implementation, but those similarities are again structure, sequence, and organization. And, you know, maybe you kind of have to assemble a panel of people who write API implementations for a living, <laughs> right? To like, to talk through like, what is reasonable and what is not. But it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, important to get clear that what Google copied was declaring code, not the API implementations. Right. Okay. And so, and then, so was that the sort of crux of Google's argument? That I think is like, it was a huge part of it, like getting clear that the API, API implementations weren't verbatim copies. Sorry, mm -hmm. I, I should have said verbatim copies. Like the the issue in the case is whether the SSO mm -hmm. was copied rather than the, the verbatim code itself, because the verbatim code itself was not. Um, right. So that was like a huge part of their case was like, getting clear this difference, right? Because it, it does, it really changes how you see the case, right? right? Like if, if those API packages were like straight up copied, like verbatim, like the, the implementations, you would feel like weird about that. You wouldn't, you like, you could still mount probably a fair use argument, but it would, it would not be as close as it was at all. Right. Um, like it, it would just not look great for Google. Um, and instead, what you're looking at is a much more complex case, one that doesn't quite make sense to people, especially since re-implementations, clean room re-implementations, which is what um, Android did, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a really common practice in the industry. So yeah. that's something that Google put out there. And, and that's not a fair use factor either. The fact that everyone in the industry thought that APIs were uncopyrightable that's not a fair use factor. Right. That doesn't have anything to do with fair use, but it's like they ha they had to they mounted this case around things that you wouldn't really expect in a fair use case, but you know, they they do like you feel for Google when you hear it. It's like, "Oh, everyone thought that these were uncopyrightable. This had been done in the past. APIs had been re-implemented in the past by various large tech companies, including actually in one instance, um, Oracle's entire business is based off of a re-implementation of something that IBM created. Like right. it's it's all very very awkward, and uh, and so what Google's case rested on was like, oh, this is just really common. This is this is what the engineers believe, 
And Oracle's case, it leaned really heavily on sort of like common sense and like, oh, this is stealing. And oh, look at these emails where Google engineers are, are paranoid about um, copy, like, oh, what if APIs are copyrightable after all? We're going to get sued. Um, we need to scrub the J word from the uh, comments in the code, mm-hmm. um, which Dan Bornstein, who, who wrote one of those emails, says that he was scrubbing the J word because of trademark issues um, and that he was being kind of jokey about it. And it wasn't that he was paranoid about like copyright issues. Right. So it's it's you know it's interesting like there's a lot of instances in which google doesn't come off very well and there's a lot of instances in which you are like oh yeah no that was just kind of what everyone did and both of those sort of things don't really have that much to do with fair use they're like they're not really on point with the factors yeah well it seemed like one of the complicating things right is you know how do you deal with a situation where you you know, if everyone believed that APIs were not covered by copyright and everyone acted that way and, you know, did things based on that, and then you get into a case where that argument is is off the table. You can't even make that argument. You have to only argue fair use and, and you have to, you know, but so how do you say like, well, we thought it was fair use and it was okay when the real argument is, well, we did what we did because we didn't think it was copyrightable and, and you, now you can't even say that. And so it, it felt like this weird, you know, I don't want to say like, you know, one arm tied behind your back kind of situation, but it... It, it, it you, felt wacky. It felt right. really wacky. Like, it was just like, oh, like, none of this makes any sense. This is a weird trial because we started at a weird place. Like, this right, isn't... Right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... And, and I mean, sense. you know, and, and one of the points that, that you had brought up in, in some of the tweeting, and I think we had actually tweeted back and forth a little bit about this, was like that um, to some extent it did sort of... You know, of the four factors, it the the thing that it did allow for some focus of was on factor two, which is like the nature of the work um, factor, which almost never comes into play really yeah. in in fair use cases. I mean, you go through them, and it's it's always always on like almost always on like commercial. You, or you, how much. you tick you tick it off, but it's like you don't you don't have a lot right. of like major case law on factor two, and you have major case law on like the other factors, right? Because they're like they're kind of complicated and and factor two just doesn't really come into huge play because if you think about it in a case where factor two is like the main factor, it's going to like the claim should have been knocked out earlier by like, Oh, this is uncopyrightable or something like that. So, right. Right. Or some other, some other factor or not factor, a different kind of factor. (laughs) Um, and so I mean, so it felt like everyone was sort of dancing around this thing. And I, and I know you raised this a bunch of times where it's like, you know, everyone sort of kept making that point, like that, that they believed it was uncopyrightable as, as, as an argument for fair use, but without actually, you know, being able to make that argument, um, which just made for, for a very strange case. And actually, you know, had a lot of us and me in particular, you know, worried that the jury wouldn't fully understand, you know, what the issue was. Right. And it's entirely possible they didn't. Like yeah. it's, oh, totally. it's, you know, there's, there's multiple scenarios of what happened in the jury room. It could have been that, you know, they did understand and they were like, this is fucked and we're not going to deal with this. Sorry. I, I cursed on the podcast. I That's fine. We're, we're, we're okay with that. <laughs> and, um, and it's also entirely possible that, you know, they, they opened up the source code 
by the way, they were having trouble opening up the source code files. That was like the first indication of what was going on inside the jury room. And it was just like, oh, no. Right. Um, yeah, no, they came back with like, there's too many folders. How do we open the source code files? <laughs> right. and, which is just like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, wonder, I actually do. I mean, it would be fascinating to find out kind of what the thought process was and, and if they actually did uh, eventually open the folders and, right, and yeah. look at the source and code. And then they looked at the source code and, and they only have like notepad to look, view right. it was my understanding. And <laughs> and that doesn't have any new lines. So they like no, just looked no. at the source code and they just went, fuck this. And then they right. like looked at their calendars. Memorial Day is coming up. They're like, we got to get out of here. If we don't rule for Google, we're going to go into a damages trial and that's going to take forever. <laughs> <laughs> and they just they're like all right let's let's do it let's get out of here like that's ent- it's entirely possible it's entirely they were like possible. that yeah. it's also entirely possible that they looked at all the evidence and they were a very conscientious jury they were paying attention to the whole thing they were working really right. hard to try and understand what was going on and it's possible that they looked at everything um tried to like figured out what api lo- labels are right figured out sort of the basics of java and went yeah no we don't really like what oracle is doing right yeah, and it's it is important to know that there were there were no technical people on the jury. There, yeah, there were a couple in the original jury pool that got they were you know, trying out really the, hard. They were, but they yeah. were trying really really hard. Which is so. which is good. I mean, everyone seemed to say. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I saw it from you, and I saw it from other people. You know, other reporters who were there, and, and the judge commented on it multiple times. Also, you know, basically saying like the jury, you know, for a case that honestly, especially if you're not technical or you know not interested in these kinds of issues, you know, could be unfathomably boring (laughs) and confusing um it did sound like they really you know they really tried to understand very you know complex and technical issues that that even everyone you know who you know all the lawyers and the the witnesses had trouble explaining yeah it was it was like they worked really hard they were like looking like at one point like there were jurors who were staying late to read read over their notes yeah after you know all the testimony was in for the day and they tried really hard. And if this jury didn't understand this case, then this case can't be understood by any jury. And that's like, that's, you know, that's like, we've just sort of hit on the limits of the jury system. Like, it's yeah. just, we've hit this hard wall. And yeah. in this case. I mean, I did think it was interesting. I mean, it's not too surprising. If you have a, a sort of, if it's a jury trial and you have a non-technical jury, I understand Oracle's strategy, which was basically you know, the sort of, um, you know, the way that people con- convince, uh, you know, non-copyright experts that, you know, oh, something is bad is basically just, you know, comparing stuff to stealing and just showing like, right. oh, this is a copy and copying is bad, you know, and trying right. to avoid kind of the nuances of what the law actually says and what it enables. Um, and so, you know, I actually think it, I'm still surprised by the jury verdict, frankly. Because I, I, I am just, as well. I, I mean, I, I thought it was a coin flip. I think I thought that like it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it, it was a shock to me. Um, I don't know. It, it, like maybe <laughs> it's just sort of that this is finally over, and I was like shocked that it was finally over. But the, I think that there's like pros and cons to having a non-technical jury, right? And I can sort of see Oracle's side in this. And it's because the tech industry is very biased against Oracle. And some of this might be perfectly fair, right? Um, Like it's like what Oracle is asking for in this case, it goes against the custom and practice of the industry, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the thing is that like, but on the other hand, and we talked about this earlier, 
I think that people are biased against Oracle because also because Larry Ellison is just really unlikable. He's just an unlikable person. He has that really He won unlikable... the America's Cup. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, with, with the sailboat cheating, right? Like it's and then like and then he's got that unlikable mustache. He looks like a supervillain. Um Oracle absorbed sun and then gutted it. Like it's just there's a bunch of stuff where like, you know, you even, can even sort the, of look frankly, at this. Even, even their office buildings look like yeah. like something they, out of look, a science fiction they movie. They look evil. Like, there's all these, like, stories going on with Ellison. I have no idea, like, if they're true, right? Like, it's just like, oh, he was speeding down this highway, and then, like, instead of stopping, and when cops tried to pull him over, he just drove right into the Oracle campus, and there was a lawyer waiting for the cops, oh, right? Like, that's that's a that's a ridiculous story, and it's probably not even true. Right. And, and these are just rumors that go around the tech industry, because people just don't like Ellison. And I right. think that given that's sort of the state of affairs, like, maybe there's a good reason to strike anyone remotely technical from the jury. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, there definitely could be bias. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's an issue. But at the same time, you're just like... Yeah, there no, is it's, it's really of, troubling where it's like, yeah. oh, God, no one who understands this is on the jury. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, but again, that sort of gets to the limits of the jury system. And, uh, you know, it, it becomes tricky. And, and I mean, there's almost an element of like, it's unfortunate that it even reached that stage, that it had to go to, to a jury situation for a variety of reasons. Like, you know, it would have been better if there were some other way to work it out. Um, but, you know, that's that's the way our judicial system works. Um, so other things I, I did want to discuss just some of the other sort of I guess almost um wacky things in in the in the yeah. trial just because they're they're kind of fun <laughs> I, yeah let's let's talk wacky things I can talk wacky things all day so yeah well let's let's start with with the bat mitzvah yeah <laughs> because this is not something that you expect to come up in a no. copyright trial no really really not especially oh god it, it, it invoked actually a really complicated evidence question too um, so Saffir Katz, uh, co-CEO of Oracle currently, brought right. up, <laughs> and this is like after, the, I think this was like last year or something, um, uh-huh. she went to a bat mitzvah in the valley. We don't know who's bat mitzvah. I mean, that and, seems like important information. <laughs> I know. And, and Kent Walker, Google's Google's general counsel, like this is, this is Google's in Hess lawyer, um, comes up to her at the bat mitzvah. And according to Safra Katz, he said that Google is such a special company that copyright laws should not apply to them. Um, and, and, and I'll get to sort of the fact that Google objects to this. Uh, right. and, and, and then Safra Katz tells us that she then said, well, thou shalt not steal is an oldie but a goodie. And this is, this is verbatim <laughs> from her testimony. And, and Google hates this, of course. And they're like, we yeah. have this email written by Kent Walker that describes what actually happened. And then like, and Alsip is like, this is hearsay. If you want to bring Kent Walker on the stand to like contradict her story, you do that. But that mean, that also means they have to bring Kent Walker on the stand and he's their lawyer. And they're like, right. we don't want to waive attorney-client privilege. And there's just this whole thorny issue around like, if we bring this guy out and we get him to testify on the Safra Katz issue like maybe that waves attorney-client privilege and like all, all this stuff so they're just like let's let's not get into it and actually uh Van Ness sort of shouted like well fine like we won't we won't deal with this like and and uh Elsip is just like well 
well, you know, you do that at your own risk. Like, might right. look bad for you. And then Van Ness is like, well, I'm just saying, like, if all they have is the bat mitzvah, then fine. And he, like, <laughs> and he, you know, he's just, like, sounded really, like, kind of indignant. But it, it's true. Like, if, it, like, this was just not something that they wanted to spend any time on. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's it just seems so weird. I mean, I wanted them to spend more time on it. <laughs> like, <I don't> think, <laughs> but... Yeah, no, from I mean, so the the jury did not get to hear that part with them arguing over it or they did? Yeah, no, they didn't get to hear that. So right. all they heard was the Saffir Katz bat mitzvah thing. It's just it's so weird. I mean, I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you, you've got you're wondering, like, why would you go up to the CEO of the company you're suing and tell her, you know, maybe he didn't say exactly that. But why right. were you talking to her? Like, why did yeah, you go really. up to her of your own volition? And then it's also just like, who invited these people all together at a bat mitzvah, right? <laughs> Whose bat mitzvah was this? Yeah, no, that's, that's, it does, it does make for an interesting question. Sooner or later, that's got to come out, right? Somebody's got to know who was. I, I hope so, but it's also just like, you know. I know. It's like. I know that's that's funny. Um, all right, so so other oddities. There's so many to choose from. Um, I, I I do want to get to the uh, um, the from an economist perspective uh, <laughs> issue. Um, if you if you want to describe how that became sort of a running theme. Yeah. <laughs> so the Oracle brought out this economist um, who's like you know a, a big deal. He he's a yeah. Harvard economist. All this stuff. And um, he actually just as a, as a note, like he wrote a really good book, which I've cited a bunch of times about like dysfunction in the patent system, which actually you know sort of kicked off a lot of the patent reform efforts um, around patent control. So I've actually in the past have been sort of a fan of this guy, and I thought he was he was, you know he'd done some really interesting work in the patent space. But then like from what I heard from the trials, like what what happened with this guy? <laughs> I mean, he probably took millions of dollars to, to right. be an expert in this case. So that's so 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 but so what happened with him? Did they put him so, on the stand as an expert for on Oracle side? For Oracle side to and I thought that he was just gonna show the market impact of Android, right? Uh-huh. But then Oracle just asked him all of these questions about whether or not it was fair use, which is like he's not supposed to opine on that. So they were asking him, oh, is this like is this transformative? Was it the same market? Like it, it just, you know, right. stuff. And he's, he's not a copyright he's, lawyer. No. And like, you know, you're not supposed to get copyright lawyers to, to testify on the stand anyway. Right. Like that's this is that's not you're not supposed to do that. Right. And so he's just like sitting there and. Each question is just like from an economist perspective, Mr. Jaffe, would you say that, like, you know, is this fair use? Like, right? Like, which is just absurd. And he, there was like, there's this, like, barrage of questions, each of them, like, I thought was highly improper. And Alsip was just letting these all go through and Google did not like them. But, like, they can't just keep objecting because that looks bad to the jury. Right. right. So they would like pick out the worst ones and object and try to get Alsip to slow it down. But Alsip was like, well, he said it was from an economist perspective. <laughs> so it just keeps going. And, and at one point, like, I just like lose my mind <laughs> and I start tweeting like just jokes because I'm like so fed up. It's like, huh, Mr. Jaffe, from an economist perspective, like, what do the green lights at, at the end of the Great Gatsby mean? Like, it's just like, <laughs> it, it was really ridiculous. Right. But then it ended up. Like, so Google brought out their their rebuttal witness, their economist, mm-hmm. to rebut uh, Jaffe. And <laughs> the guy ends up being asked about whether or not it's, like, transformative or, or whether it's not, it's um it's a substitution for the market. And Oracle's like, oh, he's opining on the law. And Alsop's like, 
Well, I don't see a problem. He just said it's from an economist perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, that was great. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's incredible. Um, all right. Let, let's, let's keep running through the ridiculous yeah. things. There's, um, um, oh gosh, uh, what should we go with? The, there's the, the diagram. They actually brought out a whiteboard at oh one point and had somebody writing code. Right? So they, they brought out like an, like a, like, you know, butcher paper on an easel. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but it's like standing up. So it's, it, 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 and they have markers for Dan Bornstein who wrote the Dalvik virtual machine and mm -hmm. he now works which, which is the Android implementation. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. and like it's a huge part of, of Android and, um, it, it I believe it replaces the JVM. And right. so he, <laughs> they had him whiteboard code Java in front of the jury. And so like on the, the one side, jury the non-technical jury. And, and on one side he has like a stick figure of himself going, Hmm, what number is bigger <laughs> than the other? And then on the other side, he has like several strings of code. And he's like trying to label which parts are which parts like, Oh, this one's the declaring code. This part's, like calling the library and this is the uh method this is the right and uh it was it was just like it was java mm -hmm. and um I, I like posted a copy of the diagram on twitter and people were like well you know i'm a coder and this makes perfect sense to me do you think but do you think the jury understood it i'm like well they're paying really hard attention but like i don't i don't know and and what was incredible was like while he's whiteboard coding he's like like sort of saying it out loud, but kind of mumbling it, right? It was just like <laughs> A, like comma, B, like close bracket. Like it was just, it was so, uh, and then like the jury just like looks like stunned, right? Like they're just <laughs> brows wrinkled. Like they're like, what is going on here? There's like the court reporter in the background and like, I can't okay. see the diagram. So I'm like going off of the facial expressions of these other people <laughs> like in real time, right? And they're just like, everyone who's like looking at the diagram just looks like completely befuddled right <laughs> and like just like their faces look incredibly strained and i have right. no idea what's going on except that he's like kind of talking out loud and i'm just like oh my god this is like this is basically like he's performing a technical interview in front right, of the, the right. jurors and um and it was i mean it was like it was amazing. Like people, I posted it afterwards and technical people were like, yeah, well, this is about as simple as he could get. But, you know, I, I like, it's, it's still pretty hard to understand. And, and one person at least was just like, I think the verbosity of Java might have, yeah. might have made this much harder. Like if it had been another language, it, yeah. like Python, it might've been simpler to understand. Yeah. We, we saw those streets and I actually wrote a post about that and sort of took that and kind of ran with it and just talked about like, you know, how just the nature of Java itself may have made this a more complex case than it needed to be. Um, yeah, you know, which is because, incredible, right? And, yeah. and the, it's it goes to the folders too, right? Like yeah, the totally. reason why there's to too many folders is because that's a Java thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, incredible. All right, so what what else in the in the wacky list? I'll let you pick. I, I've been throwing out things, but but pick something from the oh, remaining man. list. Uh, what was another <laughs> good one? The cough I mean, there's, drops. There's the, the cough, cough drops. drops. Sure. Yeah. So also also keeps like a he's sort of like this disciplinarian. Like the trial started at 7:45 a.m. every day, um, right. and earlier for the the lawyers because they have to go through motions. And actually, so they're supposed to start at like 7:30, right, for the lawyers. Wow. And one time I arrived like 7:20, and I like get out of the elevator, 
and this lawyer comes sort of running like hurtling down the hallway to like grab a lawyer from behind me and like it's like hurry you're like you're gonna be up soon and he's like what I thought like they're gonna start at 7 30 and she's like no there were a bunch of people here at 7.15, so they just started at 7.15. Oh and it's just like, yeah. So it's just like Alsop just does this, right? And wow. um, yeah, strict disciplinarian. It, it ended at 1 p.m. every day. Like even if right. they were like in the middle of something, it's like, all right, it's like we're done. Like or it's 1 p.m. Like you haven't. You yeah, can't like the, ask the any first day. The, the first day they had Eric Schmidt on the stand. Yeah, right? and and, and they like one, one. 1 p.m. and it was he was like Google was like ah like we don't want to bring Eric Schmidt out again because that'll like right. really make him very angry because he has he's a busy <laughs> man and also is like look I know the witness is a busy man. But, you know, the jurors have things to do in the afternoon. Like, they're busy people as well. And right now, frankly, their time counts more than his. And it's just like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was it was pretty. Wow. And, so, and so, he's, like, and, very strict about that. And right. another thing that he does is that he keeps the uh, temperature of the courtroom at the lowest possible. Like, he cranks the AC up to max in yeah. order to keep it very cold so that no one can fall asleep. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, like, I freezing in there. And I had he, high school teachers like that. <laughs> I know, right? Like it's it's like he's totally that one high school teacher. And then right. <laughs> if someone hacks and coughs in the jury, in the, uh-huh. not in the jury, in the in the gallery, if someone's coughing, he he basically warns them off and threatens to like kick them out of the courtroom. Wow. And as part of that, he gives them a cough drop. It's like have this cough drop, <laughs> and if you cough again, you're out of here. And wow. so he just keeps cough drops up there. And it's just like this wacky thing where he's like, who's that hacking a coughing in the back? Here, have this cough drop. And then he he pulls out a cough drop out of nowhere. He holds it <laughs> out. And and then freaking Bob Van Nest, you know, the uh-huh. named partner of Kecker Van, and Van Nest, picks up the cough drop from the judge and delivers it over to the gallery, <laughs> right? Like, so you're getting, you're getting handed, like... Uh, a cough drop from this big time lawyer and like fr- straight from a district court judge and it's just it is pretty surreal that is weird yeah it's very weird <laughs> I, just, I, I mean I at one point the, the person coughing was a Ferella partner who is just hanging uh-huh. out in the gallery and he's like oh it was me your honor and like he like also immediately recognizes him. it's oh Mr. So-and-so like I didn't think it would be you, like, like speaking almost oh, as though he felt betrayed that the guy would dare cough. And then, wow. like, he, yeah, and so he, like, got he got a cough drop. And actually, later, he had to cough again, so he, like, fled the courtroom. Like, just could not leave fast enough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen, I, I guess he does this for, like, all of his trials. Yeah. That he, he keeps the, the cough drops up there. Because I had seen, you know, a reporter who's covered some of his cases before mention, like, surprise that it took as long as it did for the cough drops yeah. to come out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've never covered any of his cases, so I wouldn't know. But it it does seem like it's just a thing that he does, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. The 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 power of judges in their own courtroom is uh, uh, it is a a little dictatorship. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's see. Let's we've gone on for a while, but we have a a lightning round on anything else. There's the file cabinet. is, do we, do we should we go through the file cabinet or if, uh, I don't know I mean so I mean the short version is that Google to try and try, exp, I guess to sort of explain what what an API, what an API is. package is yeah they had a filing like cabinet. used a, a, a full-on file cabinet and the top label is java.lang sort of propped up on the top of the cabinet and then the cabinet drawer is labeled math right and then you pull it out and there's files inside right and, 
and they I pull out the files and sort of wave them around. I don't know. I don't understand that either. Yeah. And, but it, you know, it. I thought it would play a lot more in in the case, but it was just like briefly in opening, very briefly in closing. Um, right. But the the filing cabinet was just hanging out there during the verdict <laughs> when the verdict was being read. So. Just yeah. a prop. Yeah, it was just it was. Uh, someone sent me a picture of a filing cabinet with googly eyes, and oh, it, it just like sticks. That sticks in my head where it's like the filing cabinet is <laughs> is a character all on its own. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. All right. So, is there anything else? Any any other sort of wackiness in 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 the trial? Oh man, I don't know. Like the whole thing was so <laughs> wacky, right? Oh, there's the fair use painting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The oracle during during opening, and it came up during closing too. They pulled out this painting, so it's like literally canvas stretched out on a wooden frame. Who made this painting? That's what <laughs> I really want to know. Actually, I should track that person down. Um, and they're like, the ape, like you know, Android isn't fair use. This is fair use of Java, and it was like code. Um, it was like painted. code, sort of. Well, like I think it might have actually just been printed onto canvas. Oh okay. But it's like. But they're like, oh, look at this painting. It's fair use. And then it was, it was like code, right? And it's like sort of overlaid over like this blue gradient, right? And so it's like uh-huh. white glowy text against this blue gradient. It's so ugly. It's like, <laughs> it looks like a Windows screensaver. Like it's so ugly, like one of the old vintage screensavers. Right. And it's just completely hideous. It Like, I know that artistic merit isn't supposed to come into fair use at all. But it's just like, I looked at that. I was just like, this oh. Yeah, it so was, the, it's so bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess in my head, I was, I thought like, you know, you know, both sides had their props, and I'm sure whoever thought of the the painting, you know, with with some, you know, Java code on it to say like this is fair use, um, must have thought they were so clever, right? I mean, yeah. you just look at that, and you're like, that's that's too clever, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just not like people are gonna look at that and just go, eh, I don't know, I don't <laughs> right. know if this is like. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly just a completely different different realm. All right, so so um, unless you have any other sort of wacky things, I did want to really quickly cover sort of next steps, like what happens now. This this case is not actually over. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, Oracle you know, is definitely appealing. They've said they've right. said they're definitely going to appeal. They've filed a lot of motions that set up for an appeal, and it's like it's also you know they wanted nine billion dollars, right? right? They still want their nine billion dollars. If there's any <laughs> chance that they can get nine billion dollars out of an appeal, they're going to do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so would I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like even if they have to spend, you know, millions in, in legal fees, that's yeah. You know, if you can recoup that investment, you're going to do it. Sure. Um, and and there's they have a chance. I think it's not so good anymore. I think the odds have definitely tilted away from them. Like right. before this, it was it was like neck and neck. And now I think Oracle has a, has a more uphill climb. But it's still, you know, there's still odds. And um, they still have quite the fighting chance. So and so what is the like, so they what is the process, I guess, just so people understand kind of what happens next? Yeah, so what will probably happen? Um, and there's there's a bunch of appealable issues, but mm-hmm. my guess is that they'll look at the jury instructions and they'll attack the jury instructions, possibly on how LSEP describes fair use, okay. and they will uh, appeal to the federal circuit. It goes up to the federal circuit again, like the the court that messed it up last time, right? And um, and then the federal circuit will hear the appeal, um, issue a decision, 
And then whoever loses that decision, I imagine, will appeal up to the Supreme Court and ask the Supreme Court to take the case, and then the Supreme Court can decide whether or not to take the case. And right. if they don't take the case, and they didn't take the case last time, um, then it, then the Federal Circuit decision stands, and then it's it goes back to the district court for a third trial, which I think is would be that that's if they if they overturn it, right? If they yeah, if they if 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 Oracle if Oracle gets the the jury instructions overturned, and then right. then they have then to go back, go for, a back third. for a third trial. Um, oh but but if Google wins at the Federal Circuit, um, then Google wins and. What would be really is actually think is actually if it went up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court heard it, and and if it goes up to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court can actually, I believe, review again the issue about whether or not APIs are copyrightable in the first place. And it would be nice right. if the Supreme Court would overturn that. But you know, you, yeah. you can never tell. Like if the Supreme Court reviews <laughs> it again and then they decide to make APIs copyrightable, then that's the law of the land. And like. Yeah. Yeah. Which would and, be. And the su- Supreme Court does not necessarily have a very good history on copyright cases. No. No. And not tech cases either. They're not. Yeah. 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 I mean, they've been good on patent cases, actually, but, but yeah, and and that's that's so part of sort of you know why people wanted it to go up to SCOTUS was because it was like, oh, they hate the federal circuit. Surely, like, <laughs> surely they'd love a chance to bust them down again. But it's like, no, yeah. they decided not to take this one. So, and and then, I mean, there is a sort of weird jurisdictional aspect to this too, which is that because it's in the federal circuit, like, you know, if someone were to bring the same case just about APIs without any sort of patent claim and bring it in the same court, in fact, potentially even, you know, with the same with judge. Without stuff, yeah, it would, go to, it would go to the Ninth Circuit. It would, it would go to the Ninth Circuit instead of... So there are some questions about how widespread an impact yeah. there is of the Federal Circuit's and, ruling, and right? Based on, and based on Ninth Circuit, like how the Ninth Circuit usually is and like how they've ruled in the past, like they would probably contradict the Federal Circuit, actually. Yeah. So you would get a like an explicit circuit split at that point, um, and and if you had a circuit split, then that would actually make it more likely that the Supreme Court would yeah, review. Yes. Um, However, and but these cases don't come up very often, um, right. exactly because the industry hates the idea of it. Right. Like yeah. it's it's really weird that Oracle pressed on with this theory. Like they've gotten they've been razzed a lot by the tech industry. Like engineers feel embarrassed by this case. Like tech people are are not happy with it. Um, yeah. And so I don't think a tech company, like a big one, certainly, maybe a little, a little like troll, a tech, a big tech company would not risk its reputation on bringing a similar case. And, um, and in this case, Google is like, you know, a very attractive target. Google has, a, has very deep pockets. Sure. So it's, so it's like a really unusual alignment where Oracle is just aggressive enough to do something like this, and Google is like just rich enough for them to get sued. <laughs> and right. and so I don't know if we'll see another one of these. But if we do, what will likely happen is someone will just throw in a patent claim because there's a lot yep. of patents floating floating around, right? Yep. So it's like they could just throw in a patent claim and just then to get into the just same jurisdiction. Make sure, yeah, just to make sure it gets gets. Yeah, in the I mean, I almost again. wondered, like, I mean, it's such a risky move if you sort of. If, if people who are, you know, really up in arms about the original uh, Federal Circuit ruling would look for sort of like a test case that they could somehow bring. I mean, you could do like potentially like, you know, file for declaratory judgment um, in, in a situation. But you would there would need to have, you know, there would need to be enough evidence that, that a, a, a lawsuit was likely to, to make that happen. Yeah, it does um, seem it does seem like it would be really hard. 
Um, yeah. Really, really hard. So it, it may just kind of float out there. And, and the fact that people are so, you know, hesitant to bring a case around this kind of issue that maybe that federal circuit ruling doesn't ever get know, overturned. It's just like, yeah, but it's also, but also like, right, also it never, it never comes into play. It never yeah. comes into play, but it also never gets overturned. Yeah. Yeah. Which is you know, unfortunate, but, but potentially not horrible. All right. And there's a one final thing I, I keep going over, but there's all these so many little things. And that is, um, so we're, you know, this, this podcast will go out on Tuesday, but we're recording it on the Friday before everyone is listening to this, hopefully. Um, and we just saw this morning that the lead lawyer on the Oracle side oh. posted an article. <laughs> I don't know if you don't want to talk about it. From, oh, well, from we, that can, side. we can talk about it, but like, you know, I actually, I kind of think she has a point. Okay. I don't know. I mean, like you, you maybe know this better than I do. I'm not a, I'm not a FOSS lawyer. Um, <laughs> and so you, you want to describe the blog post? Um, you, if you want to give, give a quick version of it. Uh, so she's saying that the Oracle v. Google verdict, um, the logic behind it is, has destroyed the GPL. Right. Right. Which, uh, um, but sort of she's like, oh, what it's saying is that if you make your software free and open to use, then, then, it's, fair use. then it's going to be fair use and then and that destroys how the GPL works, right? Because the GPL is premised off copyright. Right. And so, okay. So there, in my view, <laughs> there isn't an, an argument there, but I don't think it's the right one. And I actually don't think that that applies at all. Um, because, you know, that, that gets into the, the thing that upset me about the federal circuit ruling in the first place was just the unwillingness to separate out what an API is versus actual, like, actual code. code. Exactly. And, yeah. and I think that, I think that people are reading it, like the people who are really mad about it are reading it as though she doesn't understand that like verbatim software is like different from like a well API. i mean the way she wrote it 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 does it, seem to it she, does she, seem to she does it, lump right? them together yeah. as if they're the, they're the but same it's like, thing but she re i think she just thinks that sso of an api is like you know copyrightable subject matter and mm -hmm. it's and and i think that like something that i think people miss about co software copyright is like they're thinking about cases where people control c control v their code Right. right. They're not thinking so much about cases where people kind of paraphrase their code, but it's like that's still actually that might be co like copyright infringement. Right. Sure. And um, and it, and she's thinking about those cases. And I think that a lot of people who like license their work under uh, FOSS licenses are not thinking about cases like that. And, and she is. So I, I like I still you know I, I obviously disagree with like the basic premise that APIs should be copyrightable like I just right. I actually don't think they are because it's just in the federal circuit, um, but it, it's you know I I don't think that yeah. it's a it's a crazy argument to me. Well, maybe it is, but it's <laughs> it's not legally crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, it'll be interesting, right? I mean, so it'll be interesting to see if it comes up in other cases, you know, around questions, you know, having to do with the GPL. Right. And, but to, to, to be honest, I mean, GPL, and there there is one. There there's a there's the Whisper Systems case. Sure. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. But let's not get into that. That's a yeah, whole yeah, can that, of worms. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, a different issue. I mean, you know, the funny thing, right, is that you could argue that if she's correct, um, 
it, that wouldn't have been such an issue. It wouldn't have impacted the GPL if we had just said APIs are not copyrightable, right? Because people weren't treating APIs as copyrightable, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, there is that as well, yeah, which I think is, is interesting also. So anyways, it, there's there's it's a really interesting and sort of weird case. Um, it's kind of fascinating. I mean, for me, sort of being obsessed with both technology and copyright law, like yeah. it's like, you know, this is like the World Series <laughs> you know, or uh, it's it's fascinating and it's not over. And there's so many different things to discuss. But, I loved this um, case so much. I like <laughs> I was really surprised at how many people were following this case. Like I really thought that I was like going to be kind of in a minority of people who were really excited about it. But oh my yeah. god, I had such a blast going to court every day. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. There, there may be, there may be more for you to cover. I mean, certainly an appeal um, should be interesting. And then if, if it comes back for a third trial, I mean, that'll be. <laughs> oh my god, I really hope it doesn't, but. <laughs> You know, I'll be there if it does. Yeah. So, any, anyways, um, thank you for for taking the time to discuss it. I know you've, you know, had a a, a very busy month basically. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, and and I appreciate you taking the time to to jump on the podcast and and discuss it. And well, uh, thank you so much for having me. Sure. No. No problem. Yeah. And uh, we'll have you back again uh, in the future. And. Um, uh, for everyone who's listening, thanks for for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week with another podcast. All right. Thanks. Bye. To grab a shovel and dig up the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To gr